Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When we talk about sports, sometimes we use language that we borrow from other parts of life and other areas of life that quite frankly are much more serious and as a sportscaster sometimes I use those words and and I think we all understand that those words when they're used in a sporting context don't carry the same weight as they might in a military or medical situation for example when we talk about sports we talk a lot about winning battles and things like that well we know we're talking about one-on-one team battles we're using that word in a sporting context we know that it it pales in comparison to to uh, things that that happen, you know, in military situations and are actually quite serious. So I, I hope that's understood by everybody. And sometimes we talk about a big game or a game seven or an elimination game, and we say, well, it's life or death for Team X or Team Y, or it's do or die. But obviously, you know, we're using that in a sporting context. We realize nobody's actually going to uh, lose a life or suffer a tragic loss because of the result on the ice or on the field. So when I heard these comments today from Argos quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson asked what he learned from losing to the Eskimos 26-0 on July 25th, I have to admit, I was, well, I'm not sure what I was. I'm curious to know what you are. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, what did you learn from losing to the Eskimos on July 25th? I learned about myself when I learned about their defense. I learned out how, how bad I can play, you know, in, in so many ways. And, and that's, a, that's a great thing is to hit the, the bottom. It's only up from there. So um, it, was a great, it was a great death that night, and it was a beautiful rebirth after that. So um, learned more about myself than I did about them. But they're a good defense, right? they got a good front. they got a good linebacking core, and they play cohesive behind that. So um, good defense, and they play sound, sound ball. So we just have to execute and move the ball down the field. What did you learn? What's that? What did you learn when you said you learned? I learned what, what death felt like, yeah. And, and uh, maybe that's a metaphor, but maybe it's not. Um, it, that's that's the bottom and what it feels like to kind of be too far into it and be too want it too much and to make it life or death and, and when you get punched in the mouth and what that feels like. So um, learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about um, what's on the other side of death, I guess. Just a quick note to McLeod Bethel-Thompson. When you say you learned what death felt like, and then you say maybe it's a metaphor, well, maybe it's not. No, I just want to clarify. That's a metaphor. Because if you'd actually learned what death felt like that night, you'd be dead, and you wouldn't conducting, be conducting that interview. Oh, that was, uh, that was a bit of a head-scratcher. Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630. Chad, you can text 630-630. You can call 780-496-0063. Well, this guy knows what being in Toronto feels like. It's Dave Campbell. <laughs> He's laughing. Wow. That's an entrance, man. That's the best entrance I've ever heard in my life. Um, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson sounds like a guy that you meet at a party and you go, hey, he seems like a decent guy. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about, yes, that is a metaphor. 
oh yeah, this 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 tough thing happened to me, and it felt like death. And then I I, I was reborn, and I and then to, to extend that further, if you remember after the win over the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers two weeks ago, he mentioned how he used the power of his dead relatives to to help spur along to the victory. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, uh... I I don't know. I mean, she's. <laughs> He's interesting, let's just say that. Well, we, you and I, I mean, we talk about it when we're on air. We'll sit in the sports department and talk about what motivates athletes and how they get fired up. And, I, and I've talked to Kelly Rudy and Rob Brown about this and regular guests, that, that sometimes athletes have to lie to themselves. They, they have to tell, the, tell themselves, maybe you played crappy, but you're going to blame the ref or you're going to blame a bad bounce or the ice conditions or the weather or something like that. Like, like I get that. But dude says he died. Like, yeah, he like it's, he, he died and then says, oh, it might be a metaphor. No, dude, you're living. Unless you walked off the gold table and, and took your toe tag off, you didn't die. I, I've never heard a guy take the, the life or death thing to, to, to that extent, where he actually said, I, I learned what dying felt like. It was a great death and a beautiful rebirth. Like that is, wow. You know what? I, so, both you and I and, and listeners sometimes complain about cliches. I hope he goes back to 110% next time he does an interview. <laughs> Do us all a favor and pull out every cliche in the book. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, brother. But, hey, we're playing it and, and we're talking about it, and, and there is a part of me that says, well, okay, I, I want different quotes as, uh, as someone who plays quotes on the radio, so I, I, guess I, I guess I can't complain I got that one, but that is... Uh, and and I'm glad you reminded me about the the dead relative one. I guess if that's his motivation, forget about being accountable to your teammates. He's being accountable to his entire lineage, Dave. Exactly, and that's don't don't discredit your bloodline, baby. Don't do it. All right. Well, uh, he is the quarterback of the Argos. Yes, they do not have a good record. Let's talk about them first. Sure. Because boy, they've they've looked pretty bad. Though I I, I I've said this, I, I was saying this to Brad before I came on. I was at Eskimos practice yesterday, and there are several um, members of the Eskimos who who don't think they're the worst team in the league. They think they're they're better than BC at the very least. How good is McLeod Bethel Thompson? He had some explosive games this year, uh, but he plays the most important position on the field on, on a team that's not doing well. So who is this guy in terms of a player? Well, let's look at uh, let's look at his starts this year. He's going to start his six games. So in five starts, he has passed for 300 yards plus in four of them. So that's impressive. In fact, dating back to last year, uh, when he took over for uh, James Franklin, um, he had, and I'm saying last year to this year, he has 300 yard passing games in 80 percent of his starts. Wow. Okay. The rest of the league is around 50. Right, that's the average. So that's crazy. But here's the bad stat. Here, here's here it comes. This is McLeod Bethel Thompson. Ten touchdown passes this year in five starts. That's pretty good. Nine interceptions. That's not very good. So he's capable of hurting defenses because he always puts the ball in the air, but he quite often doesn't put it in the right spot, which is why he has a ten to nine touchdown to interception ratio. I think their defense is starting to get better. Uh, they're going to miss Cleon Lang, though. Cleon Lang won't play. Um, he's out. I think he might be their MOP this year. Um, you know, that's going on the defensive side. But on offense, you know, they're starting to get it going. Uh, SJ Green had his best game of the year two weeks ago. They're starting to target Darrell Walker more. But it's, I think the chemistry between 
Bethel Thompson and Walker, it's not quite there yet. They're a team that they don't run the ball very often uh, with Jacques Chapelin as the offensive coordinator. Um, they're going to go with a three running back committee tomorrow with uh, Burks Wilder and I can't remember who else. Uh, you know, uh, it's there. I, I just died on the air, by the way. Now I've been reborn because I couldn't remember who the third <laughs> running back is uh, for the Argos playing tomorrow. But th- their defense is getting better. Um, Micah always a, a stud back there in that linebacking core. Uh, they won't have Tavon Coleman, who they traded for uh, Cleon Lang. Uh, or sorry, uh, 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 oh come on, Sean Lemon. Lemon yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And the Argos won the trade, by the way. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Argos are coming on, but you know they had a dramatic win over the or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Is that more reflective of how the Bombers played or or how the Argos played? Well, it's a little bit of both. But I'll tell you. The Eskimos are on the road. They're not very good on the road over the last couple of seasons. So I think the Argos have more than a chance of winning this football game. All right. And Bethel Thompson didn't finish the game here in Edmonton on July 25th, did he? No, and that, that's the only game he didn't pass for uh, for 300 yards. He didn't even pass for 100 yards. He had 90 yards passing, and then they went to Dakota Prukop a little bit in the second half. They, I remember Corey Chamberlain went to Prukop, then went to no Bethel Thompson, then Prukop, then Bethel Thompson, so it was okay. one of those nights. But you remember that, that game, Reed? It was a 26 nothing win for the Eskimos, but midway through the third quarter, it was 13 nothing Eskimos. They had another, oh, guess what, frustrating offensive night. Okay, so there's the, there's the segue. They're 5-3. They're and three. They've, they've pulled out some close games. They, they've obviously had some tough losses. I, I mean, they're doing better than most people outside of Edmonton picked them to do we had a whole bunch of people picking them to finish last they're not going to finish last so but in terms of the offense it does concern me because it's not a one-off where they get yards but they don't get points so in your mind what's the level of concern and why aren't they finishing more drives with touchdowns well you know i think the start you know in general not that the eskimos want it this way but if they were terrible at moving the football at least you would know what was the problem right but you don't want it that way. You want it the way it is now because at least it's like what Blake said, Blake Dermott said to you on uh, on Monday, where it, they're moving the ball, and I agree with this. They're moving the ball, and they're getting into scoring position. I like that. Okay, that's good. It's like a hockey team that gets chances to score. At least they're getting chances to score. If they weren't getting chances to score, I'd be more worried. Something is going on with this team once they get to the red zone. They have, I mean, they're, they're one of the worst teams in the red zone in the CFL. They're under 40%. They're about oh. 44, 45%. And that's not good. I, last week on the broadcast, I said the red zone's become the dead zone. And it just, it just doesn't happen there right now. What have we seen in the red zone? We have seen turnovers. We have seen drop balls. We have seen just mis-execution. Um, and we've seen too many times they're settling for field goals. And third and one or two last week was dreadful. They went 20%. You know, it's funny. Their third down conversion rate going into that game was 80%. That's not bad. League average is 79%. After that game was 65%. So that's probably a one-off. I don't expect they're going to go 20% on short yardage uh, on third and one or two too often, right? So to me, it comes down to this. Details. Details. They're missing the details for some reason when they get close to the end zone. I don't know if it's a focus thing or, you know, guys get maybe nervous in that red zone. I don't know what it is because they get there fine. But once they get there, I think that's when your focus has to sharpen up and the speed of the game picks up 
most defenses are going to play a tougher and tighter and man coverage for the most part, so things happen faster. I think the, the injury to Calvin McCarty hurt them last week. Then Tanner Green goes down. So you look at the third and one play on the goal line when Trevor Harris was stuffed. Peter Sender is playing his second CFL game and first game really at fullback. He's late on releasing. And if he doesn't, if he's not late and he hits his man and hits his mark, Trevor Harris is in for the touchdown. Okay. So to me, it's that. The injuries don't help, but it's the lack of attention to details and key moments that's driving, I think, Jason Moss nuts. And I had a great conversation with him today about it. And they think he's sick and tired of the defense. Not that he's sick and tired. He's happy with the defense. But he says, we need to start pulling our weight and helping out the defense more. Okay. And before I let you go, any notable lineup changes for the Eskimos tomorrow? Well, they'll get a couple special teamers back, which will help them. Uh, Christoph Malama-Chamanga, Alex Taylor's back, and also put Taekwon Glass in that uh, in that group as well. Uh, they're back in the lineup, and that will help the special teams because there's, uh, there's three veterans that uh, definitely are, are very good additions to that special teams unit. Uh, the one uh, note I will mention is uh, Javon Santos-Knox, who we have not seen yet in that linebacking core, still trying to rehab from that broken ankle uh, from November 3rd last year uh, when he broke it as a member of the Bombers against the Eskimos. Uh, he has been placed back on the six-game injury list. I don't know if it's more related to the ankle or more just, you know, we're having good success with Vontae Diggs. So I think maybe this is a chance to kind of just put him on the sixth game, kind of cool him, you know, just kind of cool off the waters a little bit and um, let Vontae Diggs continue to, to, to be a, a fine contributor to this team. But if push comes to shove, I don't know. I don't know when the Santos Knox thing is going to settle itself out because, man, you, you look back at February the 12th and you're going, well, I'm so excited to see this guy. Well, we haven't seen him. Will we see him? That's a good question. Okay. And, and I believe that there might be a larger than usual crowd tomorrow in Toronto because of the uh, yes. exhibition. Yes, it's great. Uh, there was some talk that they might open the upper deck on the on the, the, the the one side that has the double decker, or as the, as the, the the two tiers. So, yeah, they have a great special where you uh, buy a, a ticket to the game for twenty dollars. You buy a ticket to the exhibition, which begins tomorrow, for twenty six dollars. So that's a forty six dollar value. It's almost like a two for one deal. So they're going to have a, a crowd uh, very close to to 20,000, maybe more, but uh, they're almost in a situation where the seats that they have made available, uh, they're almost at a sellout. So that, that's going to be a great atmosphere tomorrow. Okay. Well, Dave, uh, thanks for the update. I hope you enjoy your uh, your night in Toronto. I know there's nothing on par with the Barbie barn, but I hope you find a good meal somewhere. Yeah, we did. It was pretty good, but no, there's no Barbie <laughs> barn. No, no, there's no Barbie barn in Toronto. That sucks, but that, what do you do? I'm sure I, I feel like I've died now, and i got to get new boards, so... <laughs> I'll talk to you after the game tomorrow. Later, brother. Dave Campbell from Toronto, color analyst for our broadcast here on 630 Ched. Morley Scott will have the play-by-play. Our countdown to kickoff on 630 Ched, 4 tomorrow afternoon. The game will start at 530. Tonight, it's BC and Winnipeg. We'll keep you updated inside sports. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's on 630 Chet.
All right, so we had the clip from McLeod Bethel Thompson saying that the game against the Eskimos in July was a great death leading to a beautiful rebirth, and they learned what death felt like. John texting into 63630 said, Reed, what's the problem with saying that? I've always referred to football as the gridiron musical orgy of death. That is amazing, John. Do you enjoy the writings of H.P. Lovecraft, perhaps? <laughs> that would be my question after getting that text. Jeremy from Glendon says, Hey, Reed, the Eskimos need a win tomorrow night. The next three games will be extremely tough, and we could be on the outside looking in at this time next month if we can't put up major scores. Speaking of tough contests, the Glendon Pierogi Festival and Eating Contest is August 31st. Want to come take on the champ? Wow, that is quite the invitation. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to... Glendon on August 31st to enter the pierogi contest, Jeremy. I do appreciate Well, maybe. Well, I'll, I'll give you a, uh, a maybe leaning towards probably not. What is the record for pierogies? How does the contest work? Is it pierogies in a minute, two minutes, ten minutes? Do you get to pick the flavor of pierogies? I'd like to know the rules before I more can seriously consider entering. We will have Michelle and Catherine Plouffe in studio between 6.30 and 7. Two uh, great Edmonton basketball players. Now, they recently stepped away from the women's national team, but they're going for it in 3x3, so we'll get an update on that. John Stanton tonight at 7.30. He's the president and founder of The Running Room, as we'll tee up the Edmonton Marathon, which is Sunday morning starting and finishing downtown. And I encourage you, if you have any questions about running, to send them in to 630-630 on the text line. We always uh, usually get some people firing John questions. I know in other years, though, I've left it to too late in the show to put out the invitation. So I know for some of you, if you want to get into running or you want to improve your running ability or you want to increase your distance or maybe you have some nagging pains that you're dealing with, you can text those questions to uh, 630-630. And at 7.05 tonight, part two of our How We Watch series with former Sportsnet president Scott Moore. Where are we headed with the world of television sports? And, of course, Scott was part of that big uh, transition when Rogers took over the NHL rights in Canada. We'll see if uh, he would have done anything different. Strombo? We'll ask about Strombo. Why not? Back after the 6.30 news, Inside Sports on Chet. Great to have you tuning in tonight. Ellingson and the Eskimos in Toronto. The game is tomorrow. Our coverage starts at 4. BC at Winnipeg about to kick off. The Lions struggling at 1-7. and seven. Winnipeg first in the West with a record of 6-2. and two. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. A couple of very special guests in studio. Uh, very busy basketball players, Michelle Plouffe and Catherine Plouffe. Great to see you again. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I, I appreciate that you, you take the time to come in. Your, your second appearance this summer and uh, there's a lot going on let's let's tell people uh first of all uh Catherine, what's coming up this weekend well we're super excited we have our ploof hoops camp this weekend um it's our fifth annual one so um we're having the high school girls group that we've been having since the beginning as well as a boys and girls 9 to 13 age group wow 
which is has grown a lot. So we're pretty excited that we're having that this as well. This is the fifth one already, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, why did you want to get it started? What prompted you to get it rolling? Um, we started back in 2015, um, and it was a great opportunity. We were approached by um, some contacts, former players who wanted to run a camp, and we wanted to something that we were able to give back to the community and um, we like working with especially girls because we can share our experiences and um, just kind of be a role model or a mentor to to girls who are going through the same things that we went through. Um, so that's why we started and it's grown and we love doing it every year. We don't always have a lot of time and our schedules are right. pretty packed, but um, we make it a priority that we are at least able to do one weekend a year. Okay, so what's the age range again, sorry? High school girls, yeah, as well as nine to thirteen boys and girls. Okay, so what? Uh, so obviously, you're probably focusing on different types of skills between the two groups, or how does it how does it work? Yeah, it depends. We there's gets a range of skill level even within um, within each group, but um, nine to thirteen. There's some who don't play a lot at all, and some who are looking to uh, progress. And then high school girls. Um, it varies as well. So some are, you know, trying to make a junior team. Some are playing on their senior team and looking to be leaders on their team. But it really depends. And we're just, we're open to everyone because, you know, if, if you want to get better, we want to provide some type of um, area to do that. So everyone's welcome. Yeah. Michelle, you said, you know, you want to provide something maybe that you guys didn't, you two didn't have when you mm -hmm. were that, that age or can you shed a little bit more light on that in terms of challenges you might have faced in your athletic development? Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, we love to do and we've kind of implemented in the last few years is um, doing like off-court related things. So we like to talk about different uh, maybe hurdles like life hurdles or different uh, leadership qualities and that kind of thing that uh, we think is beneficial for girls to have and um, I know you can go to like a lot of camps and learn a lot of things but something that I think is most important is what you learn off the court or what you learn from basketball that you can implement off the court so um, those kind of things um, just bringing up awareness of topics like mental health or like challenges that girls go through or even the youth what they're going through I think that there's a lot of things that just can be talked about and open because not everyone has the chance to talk about that in a school or a family environment so we just like to keep it open and um, hopefully helpful and beneficial to the kids that come do you, do you feel there are I mean did you feel as as female athletes even as you've reached very high levels like or do you feel you're treated I mean, I know you don't get equal pay to the men, but I think, we, I think we all know that. But do you feel that, you know, you get the same sort of status or is that still a struggle? Oh, it's still, I think it's still, uh, yeah. yeah, it's still a struggle. Actually, the more I've played and experienced, it's been eye-opening to how unequal, unequal it is. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And even at the professional and um, even with 3x3, there's just a large disparity. And yes, it's pay, but it's also like visibility in the media, visibility just in coverage in terms of, okay, we have two tournaments side by side and there's still unequal coverage and it's the exact same tournament except for men and women. So just things like that are frustrating to deal with, but 
um, you know, hopefully that everyone kind of takes responsibility for for progressing that along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you said, you know, dealing with mental health or other challenges, like, is it still, do you feel it's still hard for a, a, a teen girl, for example, just to pick kind of that age range, to say, like, I want to be an athlete? Like, is that still, when you're in that environment of junior, senior high, I mean, your head's all over the place, there's pressures from everywhere, like, is it still hard for a female to say, I am going to be an athlete? Like, that's going to, besides obviously getting good marks, yeah, like that's mm-hmm. going to be my primary thing. Yeah, I think a large part of, of doing that as a teen, there's, Michelle went to a camp that was fast and female, and there was, um, there was some figures that was a lot of girls drop out during the tween teen years because... Um, you know, it's it's more to do with friends, and when you have, when you want to fit in and be a part of a group, um, sometimes it's you give up doing something. So being an athlete, you're obviously sacrificing a lot of time away from different things. Like I remember growing up, me and Michelle missed a lot of birthday parties. Yes. Oh yeah, you're part <laughs> a lot of, of birthday group, parties. But it's not a yeah. social yeah, group. Exactly. Group. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So especially in in those years, it's um, and with social media, it's about you know going through some things where you want to fit in and be a part of that group so yeah do you have anything to add on that no yeah and so we just kind of um it tried to empower them to you Mm -hmm. know stand for what you you know what you believe in and if you um don't fit in necessarily doesn't mean it's you're doing a wrong thing it's Mm -hmm. it's you know the Two percent of people yeah. stand out for good reasons. Yeah, so. maybe you're really good yeah. at something that nobody yeah. else is that is yeah. that good at. Yeah. What? Did, I mean, you guys are, are twins, so it's it's hard to imagine not having each other. But you look back and say, like we kept each other in the sport, or we like at least we always had each other when there were outside pressures or stresses or things like that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. definitely. Yeah, we always <laughs> had a friend in each other on a team, and yeah. even when we moved schools and stuff, we always had each other, and, you know, we had older siblings as well, but just because we were always in the same age bracket, always on the same team, it definitely... Yeah, it, we knew someone. Yeah, it went a long yeah. way, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you were never total, totally alone exactly. if you were yeah. meeting new teammates and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the first team you were on together? Oh, goodness. Well, the, I, I, the mini Woodvale Raptors. Woodvale Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. So how old yeah. were you? A nine, I think. Um, yeah, as early as possible. I yeah. think it was eight or nine. Eight yeah, or we nine. had to wait until nine to go yeah. on our first team. How, how come? Man, that, was, that was just the minimum age. <laughs> but you wanted to play earlier? Oh, or yeah. Were you that good, even as little kids? I mean, this was like zero uh, <laughs> skill ability requirements. Yeah. <laughs> I don't there know how they no run these days. There was no okay. But <laughs> <laughs> was, everyone was welcome, but yeah. we just wanted to be on a team because yeah. we saw our older siblings right because you have all yeah. the family was, yeah you yeah. wanted to be like everybody else because yeah. your parents were pretty good athletes well, i shouldn't put them in the past <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they, they don't sport sport. now but <laughs> they don't sport now yes. they bike red mm-hmm. which is well that's a good, good endurance sport <laughs> okay so so you were on the woodvale raptors yes. yeah the mini and, raptors. and were you the best players um not sure. I, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we were we were good early just because of natural ability that took us. You know, obviously early that separates kids. Mm-hmm. So but, it's not like we were yeah. putting in a lot of. We were putting reps in the backyard. Oh, I don't know. actually. That's right. <laughs> we had our early reps in playing so what, with the brothers. And sisters what'd you have in the backyard? Oh, just a hoop. Just a regular. Like hoop. A, yeah. yeah, I think it was out in the driveway. Yeah. Uh-huh. That one fell down. Then we got a new one. So it was, it was, it was great for That's our family. Up. So you have you have an older sister, right? Older yeah, sister, older yeah. sister, two older brothers. Okay, and youngest of five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
this one is that one. Catherine's <laughs> the youngest by a couple minutes or, or whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> Michelle's not much older. So were the were the older siblings like pretty competitive with you or did would they give you a little bit of a mm. break sometimes or was it just like, no, we're playing all out and you got to keep up? You know, well, they're six and eight years older. Okay. Our older older Our two sister oldest, oldest yeah. brother. So I don't remember actually playing with them, but we no. were in the gym watching their games a oh, lot. Yeah. Okay. And so we and our brother who was one year older than us, we would all be playing in the hallways and in the corner of the yeah. gym doing our own thing. So Yeah. Yeah. We beat each other up like that, but <laughs> So it, it toughened you up for sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, Catherine Plouffe and Michelle Plouffe are, are in studio. So the camp, it, where's the camp again? Harry Inley High it's School. It's at Inley. Uh, mm-hmm. Tomorrow through Sunday. Can, yep. is, are, is there any room? Can people still Google we're, it and sign up? We're actually, no, we're capacity, we, have, yeah. we have no yeah. T-shirts left. We're full. <laughs> you fill um, it up, okay. I mean, we don't have extremely large numbers, um, for a reason, we want to give quality coaching to a certain extent. So, sure. not to a certain extent, we do want to give quality coaching. Always, so, yeah. we've kept the high school girls to like 20 and the youth group to about 35, which we think is, you know, good numbers for us. Okay, we have the Ploof sisters in studio. You can text 63630. We'll update what's going on with 3x3. Notice how smoothly I said three x three, not you were three on, on three. It. Thank you. Thank yeah, I'm I'm slowly figuring <laughs> it out. But no, they've been doing great. We've been doing. They've been doing great, and uh, we'll talk about that that thing with the five rings. Oh yes. What's yeah. That? Maybe that's Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's going to work out. That's all coming up on Inside Sports. <laughs> Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I was just telling Catherine Plouffe and Michelle Plouffe that we had Corey Andel in studio last night, an Edmontonian who's a member of the Canadian men's dodgeball team, and that was news to you guys as well. Big yeah. news, yeah. Yeah. When yeah. was the last time you played dodgeball? Oh, <laughs> it's been a few years. It's been a ninth nice grade. It's been a few years. Well, maybe you can be two sport athletes. There we go. <laughs> Put it in the Olympics. All right. So you have your uh, your Ploof Hoops camp coming up this weekend at Harry Anley. So all, all the best with that. Incredible stuff. Five years uh, for that now. And your your passports have been... A lot of people have been Oof. checking your passports lately. So where have you yes, been? Got those? a few stamps. You were in yeah. studio. We, we were trying to remember. May or June. We couldn't even remember the day. Where have you been since then? Well, we started out our first 3x3 tournament in Turin, Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was back in June, June 14th, 15th. Yeah. Um, then I broke my hand, so I missed the next couple tournaments. Yeah. But Catherine, <laughs> Catherine and the team went to... Uh, we went to Where'd we go? We went to Poitiers, France, and then to Lignano, Italy. Okay. And then um, we did. We stayed out in Europe for that trip, so we were gone about two weeks. Came back home for two weeks. Michelle rejoined us, and then we just came back from 
a double tournament in Prague, Czech Republic, and Bucharest, Romania. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. But before we get into that, how would you break your hand? Oh, uh, so <laughs> how did that happen again? I, I, did, I didn't even know because um, I didn't know I broke it until I played a couple games with it broken. Oh, um, so I had to rewatch the video. But I think I just got on a rebound. It just got bent back and just snapped my fourth Please metacarpal. Please don't bend your fingers back like yes. that. Yeah. Like that's, I can't. So I got some <laughs> metal. serious metal in there. So yeah. it's very secure. Did you, oh, you had surgery? Yeah. Oh, so it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, definitely it was broken. A, it was for broken. sure broken. Yeah. All right, so uh, amazing. See, did you have a favorite stop in all these great years? And I know you guys have played pro in Europe. We've talked about mm-hmm. that. But did you yeah. have a favorite stop here on this tour? Uh, I'd have, so far, basketball-wise, I'd say Prague was pretty fun because we just dominated everyone. Okay. Yeah, it was really fun. It was blunt. <laughs> just. Um, I think Bucharest. Yeah. Bucharest, for me, it was just a well-ran tournament, and mm, it was also coincided with a men's challenger and we had our team Edmonton men's guys out there mm-hmm. so we were we were there to support so them there, Steve and Jermaine were out there yep yeah. and Jordan and Kyle and um, so we were able to watch them live they were able to watch us live and nice. it was it was a really yeah. cool venue it was in a mall there was lots of people it was pretty sweet now yeah. how many of these tournaments did you win so we're two we've won we won these last two okay um, our first one we came in third fourth, fourth, fourth yeah fourth third and how many second are in tournaments? is it 16 Eight. It's eight. eight. Yeah. It's eight. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the women's. Okay. So the so these last two are our first wins. So pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. To, to win yeah. the last two. Yeah. And what are you calling yourselves? Are you calling yourself Team Canada? Mm-hmm. Team. Well, in the series, we compete as Team Canada because it's yeah. between federations. national federations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but we're we're organized as Team Edmonton, competing as Team Canada in, for the summer. All right. So you you won twice. So that's awesome. Now, what does that mean? Because when you guys were in, <laughs> you said you'd like to play in the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. But it I'll paraphrase here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It, it seemed that nobody really knows if or how Canada is going to put a women's team in the 3x3 Olympic tournament. Yes. Yeah, we, we so have gotten still, more information. Yes. But okay, still good. a little ambiguous, but we have gotten more information. FIBA's been a little bit more clear um, with how to qualify. So basically, we're... Winning these events is not going to, at the end of the summer, give us a, a spot in the Olympics, but it's accumulating points for us so that we'll be qualified to play in an Olympic qualifying tournament in March, no, around March. Your team specifically or a Canadian team? A, it'll be a Canadian team. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it doesn't seem fair, though. Yeah, no, yeah. that doesn't seem fair. For, so okay. women's, <laughs> for women's, by default, it's going to be our team. Because oh, no, no, nobody else is assembling. Well, yeah, well, no one else is accumulating points. Accumulated points at the rate. Because you get points f- as an individual okay. for every for everything. So every tournament, you get your individual points, and how the team does that adds well, so to your points. So Catherine and Michelle Plouffe each get individual points mm-hmm. as yep. well? Yeah. Yep. Okay, wow, this yeah. is strange. So yes. then we have a player ranking, and then we are accumulating points for Canada. So anyone who plays in a 3x3 tournament across Canada, yeah. it could be like... Blue Quill Classic, you blue, get points yes. if you're registered. Yeah. yeah, so everybody is accumulating points for Canada, and that is moving Canada up in the rankings. Okay. So Canada needs to be in the top 20 in order to get a spot in the qualifying tournament. So anyone playing in a tournament across Canada is helping Canada qualify for okay, this you, spot. Okay, but you're part of the only team that's really doing an international 
internationally and going to these yeah. pretty big yeah. events. We're making, yes. we're making, we're making make, some moves. Yeah. yeah, it is getting like hundred. And, and FIBA's, FIBA's doing all the FIBA's doing all this. <laughs> FIBA is doing the point system. They are okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you no, mean by that? Nobody's sure. <laughs> what well, are they doing? Like, we don't know. I was like, who's keeping track of it? Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping <laughs> keeping track of points. Yeah, so. that's what I meant. I meant that okay. there's actually an official basketball. Because that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This. This might sound weird, but I think you guys will know where I'm coming from because. I just know from my experience covering sports, some organizations are better organized than others. Mm. And there's yeah. a lot of, like you said, it's very ambiguous with what's going on with the 3x3. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the reason I asked it that way is because I started to think, well, wait a minute, what if there's a 3x3 tour mm-hmm. operating this? And they're saying, well, we're giving points to these countries. And then FIBA's like, yeah, we don't recognize what you're doing. But, yeah. but, yeah, but FIBA's yeah. actually... Yeah. It's okay. tricky because they're trying to figure out more with the men's side because they're on a world tour, not four countries like team edmonton is not team canada right yeah so so they are gonna yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a down so you're would you say spring. you're relatively confident that in the spring you will be playing 3x3 matches with an olympic berth on the line i am yes, confident yeah. i'm confident I'm and do we know where confident. where that's going to be no, no idea no. Be in edmonton. <laughs> uh not uh, sure unlikely no idea yeah probably not Can't. in canada we I we are that, having a we are having a tournament. We are having in a September. World Series yeah. tournament. Just got announced. Uh, it's maybe out, not right? publicly. But <laughs> I think it's it's definitely public. It's okay. confirmed in Edmonton. It's confirmed in, in Edmonton, Edmonton, September twenty first, twenty first, twenty second. Is it just women's or women's and men's? This one will be just women's. I think the men have a later. Yeah. It could be the week later. Mm-hmm. Not sure about okay. that, but so we'll you'll keep be you posted. In this. Your team will yeah. be in this. Yes. Our team be will the, be there. The headline attraction. Yeah. I gotta write that down. Should be. Yeah. I'm writing it down right now. Then you're going to be on the show again that week. Uh, Abina texting in says, I love the Plouffe sisters and what they bring to the female basketball community. This is my girl's third year at the camp, and they are so inspired by the training. Abina! Abina, yes. Her daughters, Jade and Rihanna. Yep. Great girls. See you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine Plouffe and Michelle Plouffe are in studio. Okay, well, this is... It, that's exciting about the three x three. Like you have Super more exciting. answers we than do. before, and there yeah. must be still the same amount of there, money. <laughs> there must be women in other countries like you trying to take charge and say, okay, like let's get this going. Like let's figure out how it's going to happen. Uh, mo- yeah, yes, yes and, and no. no. Hopefully, mostly, yes mostly, and no. Well, mostly. a lot of countries have um, it like a system or structure set up already. So, like most oh, okay. European countries have a federation that is sending them out to tournaments so mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about a lot whereas we are doing everything sending ourselves places figuring out what tournaments we can go to and that kind of thing so we're, we're, yes girls uh, yeah. are wanting to play and okay. so we're hoping that this will you know do they have a proud. format for the Olympic tournament? Will it be eight teams as well? It's going to be, gonna be eight, eight teams. Yeah. Why Which would is they not make it bigger? I don't know. They yeah. only they, they want the matches take, take ten, ten minutes. minutes. I know. They want they want to make sure for the first the first three x three Olympics that there's eight good teams there. Yeah. So we've seen some teams on the on in the series that like don't win a game at all. Okay. And so they want to make sure the eight teams it's really competitive. Right. So but in I beach understand volleyball, that. there's countries exactly. get two countries yeah. like, exactly. or not yeah. two teams. Yeah. But like, they they're yeah. not ready to make it that right they, yeah well what was beach volleyball that like that the first year it was i'm not sure actually yeah. i'll have to go back and check i don't know either yeah, yeah. i don't know so they 
It's new, so I think they're figuring a lot of things out. But there will be a women's competition in there Tokyo. There definitely They've will promised be. Them. Oh, yeah. yes, definitely. Yes, yes, okay. Definitely. All right. That's well, it's happening. That's good news. I, I am confident you and your team will be there. I am too, yep. Excellent stuff. All right. Uh, so you've been traveling, and are you going away again after the camp? The next, uh, the following week. So we'll we'll be in the Montreal tournament, the Montreal Masters, for a women's series event, the okay. September 6th and 7th. All and right. then after that, we'll actually head out to our pro teams in France because they oh, right, right. actually yeah, they start. starting already in, for their preseason. And so we're going to join them for about 10 days. And then... Hopefully, if it's all confirmed, we'll come back to Edmonton for the event here, and then we'll be back to France for the rest of the season. And is this the year you're on the same team? No, no. still not on the same team. Did somebody change teams? teams? What do you change? Teams? Catherine changed teams. teams. Yeah, okay. I changed teams. Still not on her team though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. One day. Maybe one day you'll play together. Catherine Plouffe, Michelle Plouffe, all the best. Thank you for coming in. I know we're going to keep in touch, but it, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always a pleasure. Always Thank a you pleasure. so much, Reed. Thanks. All right. It is 10-0, Winnipeg leading BC, five and a half minutes left in the first quarter. When we get back, part two of our How We Watch series with a broadcasting bigwig, former Sportsnet president Scott Moore will check in. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.